baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, welcome in. Beamaz and Beamer, another morning with us on WBEN. We have a, another jam-packed show. want to start off with uh, you know, a question a lot of people have been asking over the last couple of days is, uh, or last couple of hours, really. Uh, Wegmans and Tops, that's the big question that a lot of people have. We know a Target, Walmart, other grocery dashes locally, uh, Trader Joe's have all made announcements that in states that are going with the CDC guidance, they're going with the CDC guidance as well, not requiring the mask in store for everybody anymore. Of course, Wegmans and Tops, <laughs> two of the big ones here that people want to know about. Uh, Wegmans uh, just uh, telling me that they're first communicating to our employees and we'll have more information later in the week. So they're not making any sort of decision decision yet. Tops has not made any sort of concrete decision yet. So that's the best we can tell you is that nothing is really known so far. Yeah, they're going to, you know, see it over, look at the states they're in, and then they'll come out with an announcement. But for most places starting tomorrow, um, within this state, you'll be able to ditch the mask. Yeah. Um, well, what will it look like when the mask mandate is no longer around? Uh, here's the governor yesterday talking a little bit about that. Uh, there is no mandatory compliance by uh, that the state is imposing on the private ven- vendors. I will bet you this. I will bet you when you go to a restaurant and you're sitting next to a person who has no mask, uh, people are going to ask the restaurant owner, did you check to make sure this person was vaccinated? You know, just because you say today, okay, you don't need this anymore. This has gone beyond government rules and regulations. People have inculcated this into their psyche. Uh, I've had more people ask me, are you saying I can't wear a mask anymore because I still want to wear a mask? Uh, I expect there are going to be a lot of people who are not just going to uh, flick a switch and be over this. I think there's going to be lingering concern, et cetera. So, and I think you're going to see a lot of people wearing masks uh, going forward. But it is up to the private vendor, private venue. I would suspect the customers are going to be asking those private uh, vendors what they did. I'm sure when people come into Radio City Music Hall, they're going to ask, I'm sitting next to someone, I don't know who they are. Are you sure they were vaccinated? And uh, that's why it's on the operator's uh, best interest to be able to say, yes, I checked the Empire State Pass. If they didn't have a pass, they had a card, but they were checked when they walked in the door. That is the governor yesterday when talking about people's reactions to 
no longer wearing a mask. Our guest for this half hour is Dr. Michael Cummings, Associate Medical Director at ECMC, Vice Chair of Psychiatry at the University at Buffalo, and uh, talking about this, uh, what it looks like in the post-mask mandate, New York State. Dr. Cummings, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, we've all kind of heard the stories. Maybe we know somebody who is maybe kicking and screaming, holding on to that mask, uh, even despite this. And it is strange for, I think, a lot of people to hear. We get public health advice that should be, you know, welcome and celebrated. You know, we're, we're on the way out of this, right? You don't need the mask anymore under a lot of circumstances. If you've been vaccinated, it's a sign the virus is finally on the way out. Yet there are still uh, some, you know, critics of this. Uh, we heard from a nurses' union. We've heard from uh, plenty of people, especially online. You know how that is. And, and it seems like there are these uh, fears of COVID remain even after being vaccinated, and a lot of them relate to the mask. I'm wondering your take on this, and if you're surprised to maybe see this still kind of persist, even despite advice from the people who we've been told to listen to this entire uh, COVID uh, pandemic? Well, you know, I think uh, first and foremost, you know, humans are creatures of habit. Um, so regardless of what that habit is, once we form it, it's, it's difficult to change. Um, and, and while, you know, the recommendations do follow the science, you know, we've had a lot of murky messages throughout this whole experience of, you know, I'm certain there'll be books written about, how science and politics were intertwined over over this last year and a half. Um, while the recommendations do follow the science, they certainly feel like we almost turned on the dime. I mean, if you were in establishments when they changed the food with alcohol rule, it changed like mid-sentence as soon as the announcement happened. And so I think people have gotten used to wearing masks, whether they're all for them, whether they're all against them. And, and it's not surprising that there'll be people who are anxious um, for themselves, for their loved ones, um, associated with the new guidelines from the CDC. And what do you say to those out there that do have this anxiety uh, about going into a public place, mostly indoors, uh, where they're going to be with those who are unmasked. If you go to a gym, you're going to a grocery store. Uh, we're seeing online people mentioning that they, they, they are developing this anxiety to go out in public starting Wednesday. Well, I think, you know, oh, it's, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, we really moved now from a public health issue to a personal responsibility issue, right? So we're telling whether it's the individual who may still need to wear a mask, there's certainly immunocompromised folks as people who have opted to not get vaccinated. Um, we can talk about children under the age 12, even though you know, the likelihood of them getting a serious bout of COVID is very low. Um, there's still you know, half of our family who can't be vaccinated in various households. So I think you know, there's that personal responsibility now of you have to put it upon yourself or an establishment has to put it upon themselves to say, okay, I know I'm vaccinated, so I'm taking care of myself. Whereas the shift was from just two weeks ago, we need to get vaccinated to protect those who aren't. And so I think what we need to be talking about in our own lives is it's certainly fine to have anxiety about this. Um, a lot of people will, a lot of people have really socially distanced for this entire time. You know, my mother went to a restaurant five days ago for the first time since all of COVID started. So I think anxiety is normal for many people. 
taking incremental steps to kind of get back into the flow of things, baby steps, if you will. We're all going to need to have a little bit of patience for those who choose to wear masks as well as those who choose not to wear masks um, because it is a personal health decision. Um, But if that anxiety starts affecting your ability to work, your relationships, because we open up, people will be going back to work, uh, you know, being less mobile. Uh, There'll be more social gatherings, whereas two months ago, you didn't have to decide whether or not you're going to go to your friend's wedding. But now it's an option. So as those things arise, if the anxiety is limiting your ability to work, limiting your ability to function within a relationship, that's when you may have to think about stepping up and uh, seeking help for, uh, for treating that. I, it might be more common uh, than we may think, you know, that kind of uh, returning anxiety. And there's, I, I think, a sense among most people, I don't think I'm talking out of school, to say that, you know, if, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, I, I don't think anybody looks at you as, you know, oh, that's a, a weird person. or that's a, I mean, your comfort level is your comfort level. Um, and to kind of uh, continue on with, the point you were just making on anxiety and COVID, I, how much of that comfort level has been influenced, do you think, though, by things that maybe shouldn't have the influence? You know, I was thinking yesterday because we get inundated here at our station with, you know, all sorts of uh, news wires and different things. And on Sunday, Texas reported zero COVID deaths. Now, I mean, there's seven-day averages still. It's not zero. It's more in line with what we see here in New York and kind of what a lot of other states have been. But, I mean, that is a pretty big milestone where in a 24-hour period, they were able to say they had no reported deaths from COVID for the first time since the pandemic began. And I think there was very little coverage as opposed to when I walked in here after the mask mandate or before they fill the stadium and you have the president speaking about how uh, they're Neanderthal thinking and how this is a terrible thing and doctors expressing worry. And we definitely are bombarded with something that might be alarming as opposed to when good news happens. It's I don't know, it's (laughs) not swept under the rug entirely, but there's definitely not that megaphone to it. And surely that has to play a role. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, from the beginning of this, you know, healthcare experts were constantly cautioning about being overly immersed in social media 24-7 about COVID, 24-7 about the election, 24-7 about a lot of social unrest, um, because you're not seeing the positive stories, right? I mean, positive stories don't sell. You know, I've done millions of news things where we talk about something really good, and then there's a little bit about something that's really not that great. And invariably, the 30-second soundbite about the thing not that great is what's on the news and, and, and not the positive part of that story. So I think you know, that's what sells. That's what we hear. And it gives us a false sense of what's going on. You know, and, and that's why we've been saying follow the science, follow the numbers. And um, that's why it's been frustrating to us as healthcare professionals um, now we are back in school, um, which is wonderful. But, but, you know, following the science was getting our kids back to school a heck of a lot quicker than what we did. So it's, it's, it's hard because what we see on social media, what we hear is the stuff that makes people tune in and makes people excited. Um, and I apologize, my hospital is beeping me while I'm talking, if you can hear that. <laughs> but uh, but it, that's what we look at. And so you're right. I think it does give us a false message. The reality of it is COVID is real. COVID was real. It caused a lot of death and trauma in our society and community. We've taken a lot of steps to get past that. 
Um, we're doing very well, maybe not as well as we could do with vaccinations. And the rates are low enough that the CDC felt that we could now take this next step. And, you know, I applaud them for doing it. And I'm looking forward to getting back to what the new normal is. But I certainly will respect those who are anxious, decide to continue wearing masks um, for themselves or for loved ones. Um, because it is a personal health decision and one that should be respected. I think there's also, you know, there's the, of course, um, you know, combative, uh, politicized nature to this that has been there for much of the last year of how we're kind of looking at people who do feel a little bit differently for whatever reason about the virus. Maybe somebody's very cautious uh, because there's somebody who is immunocompromised in their household or somebody who cannot get vaccinated, who wants to get vaccinated inside their household. And, you have every right to have the anxiety from that, but I, then you kind of look at the other side of this, and I'll, I'll say my anxiety over COVID, my fear is that you know my freedom to kind of come and go as I please is being taken away, and it might not return here in my hometown anytime soon, especially looking at New York State, where we are across the country in terms of places that have put limits on how long these restrictions are going to last, and there seems to be an idea that, you know, one form of anxiety over the entire situation is not as valid as somebody else's. And I, I, that is where I think the disconnect starts to be and that you start to get friction between people who see things differently. Well, I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, you can take it one step further. Um, you know, the, the intro with the governor's statements about, you know, venues being now responsible. I mean, I'm an avid sports fan. I'm very looking forward to seeing our Buffalo Bills do very well, hopefully being able to travel out of state and see them play elsewhere. Um, you know, however, you know, you're going to have to, in many venues, be able to demonstrate that you're vaccinated, which I am personally fine with. But it's one of the few times in your life where you're going to have to give HIPAA-protected information to a complete stranger to do something. I mean, there's really almost no other time in your life that you have to do that. And so I can also understand a lot of people's concerns about you know, their personal health, you know, um, information freedom and, and, and issues like that, let alone just the logistics of is it really carrying a card around? Is it having an app on your phone? Is it, I mean, the logistics of proving to people. Um, so, so I agree. I think everyone looks at this as an individual. I think everyone's rights to see it the way they want to are perfectly within their right. Where it becomes an issue is when we impose those upon others, um, and then cause friction because we simply don't have the same belief system. And, and speaking of that, you know, and I don't want to be insensitive to anyone. A, a, as you said, there are people who are still unvaccinated. There are people with uh, immune compromised problems. I mean, that have to wear a mask and we definitely respect that. But do you think a lot of this anxiety uh, that's out there does come from this political division and someone you know, goes into a store and, and says, I don't want someone looking at me as if I'm, I don't care about them, or if I wear a mask, I don't want someone to think that I'm not vaccinated. Do you think there's some of that going on as well uh, as we get back to normal? Absolutely. And, and, you know, even the statement that we don't think that people will look poor if we wear a mask, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of venues, in a lot of workplaces, whether this is right or wrong, you know, if you don't need to wear a mask and you are wearing a mask, that is going to be looked at by a subset of people as a sign of weakness. Um, and I don't think it's reasonable to believe otherwise. So I think there is simply that. You know, we spend a year and a half not communicating with each other socially in grocery stores. I mean, I don't know if you walk down the aisles and notice that no one makes eye contact with anyone anymore. You know, no one says hello. Everyone just kind of looks straight ahead and does 
does their thing. And as we open up, there's going to be this deluge of social interactions that a lot of people just aren't used to um, because they haven't done so for well over a year. So, so I think it's a lot of that. I think the other thing that is causing people some stress about the re, uh, reduction of the mandate is up until really recently, the mandate to wear a mask or to not wear a mask was tied directly with political ideology. It was really tied to the CDC's recommendations all along, whether, whether you like the former president, the current president, both or neither. It was the CDC's recommendations that were being followed. But the impression was, you know, it, it was tied to one, um, one political party, and the message to wear a mask was tied to another. And then all of a sudden, that message reversed, basically in a day. And I think that leaves some people confused because, again, this issue was intertwined with a political story, um, unlike almost any other health care issue. And so I think people are like, wow, I, so I wasn't safe yesterday, but I am safe today. How is that possible? <laughs> well, it's possible because the rates have gone down in the way that they've gone down because people have gotten vaccinated and, and we're at less risk as a society. And, you know, health care is a risk versus benefits conversation for everything we do. But I think there's a lot of things that are driving this. Uh, heightened level of anxiety that we're going to see. And, and it will get better over time, as anxiety typically does. Yeah, the, the, no doubt the masks have kind of taken on a symbolic meaning. It's a, it's a point of identity, almost more so uh, than their actual function, uh, definitely distinct from their actual function. You, you know, you hit on a point at the grocery store, and before we let you go, we got, I got to get you on this, because me and Joe were talking about this a few weeks ago. We were just totally in disagreement. He's one of the people who wear their headphones while going through the grocery store. And I've noticed this over, you know, the past year where it's just you have the people that are wearing headphones now and a mask, and it's you just you're completely, like, blocked out from the even the – idea of making eye contact or communicating with anybody the entire time i just i don't know i feel like that's a bad thing for our society like socially that we're blocking ourselves off like that I, do you have any thoughts on that well i think personally yes and, and and professionally you know social connectedness is important um a year ago we were talking about a study that came out about loneliness loneliness is a higher risk factor for mortality than heart disease in some populations. And so being disconnected matters. I mean, I can say personally, I enjoy my morning, Saturday morning grocery shopping, think about what I'm going to cook over the weekend, running into neighbors. And, and since COVID started, it's really now just a function of getting in, getting myself and getting out as quickly as possible without being bothered because that socialness of being in a public setting kind of disappeared. I think that will also come back. But again, we are creatures of habit. So so it will take people the time to come out of their shells, not everyone, but some, and, and, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's really about um, being patient with our neighbors, being patient with our community members and our family members, respecting their decisions. And again, if, if your anxiety is getting to the point, however, that you're not sleeping, you're not functioning in a relationship, you're using more alcohol than you did before, et cetera, et cetera, those are times that you start talking about, maybe I need to reach out and get some help because it's more than just adjusting to the new norm. It's an actual anxiety disorder that perhaps needs to be treated. Mm -hmm. And Joe's shaking his head over. He's not talking to anybody ever again, I have a feeling. Uh, Dr. Cummings, <laughs> thank you so much for the time. Uh, always appreciate talking with you and uh, appreciate your insight as well. It's Dr. Michael Cummings. He's Associate Medical Director at ECMC and Vice Chair of Psychiatry at the University at Buffalo, joining us for uh, the past little bit to you know kind of talk about that idea and uh, what the governor said yesterday of how he thinks the uh, maskless uh, society is going to work here in New York State where people are going to be asking questions. I 
I don't see it the same way that the governor does where, you know, you're going to be. I, I think more people have faith in the vaccination uh, doing what it's supposed to be doing, right? Working. Right. Um, that it doesn't matter if you're next to somebody who has COVID or not because you are protected from that. And, uh, you know, that's something we're going to be talking about coming up uh, in the next half hour with Dr. Nancy Nielsen. Yeah, you know, we talked about this off air, Brian. The reason I got the vaccine uh, was to protect those around me, but also so I wouldn't have to worry about getting COVID. Two weeks after that second shot, I don't care if the person next to me, like you said, has the vaccine. I don't care if they're if they have COVID. I mean, I feel safe. I feel I'm confident in the vaccination. And even if I did get one of those breakthrough cases uh, that I would not have symptoms and be just fine. As we heard uh, the doctor yesterday tell us, even if you test positive, there's not enough um, virus to pass it on. So I feel very safe and very confident in the vaccine. Most businesses, it's kind of uh, going to be the honor system, it sounds like, right? I mean, the guideline is you're only supposed to be unmasked if you've had uh, your full vaccination, but nobody's really going to be checking in most cases, unless, of course, you're at a sporting event or a Blue Jays game or something like that, a concert. Um, what should we expect? Should you have any fear because of the honor system, Dr. Nancy Nielsen is set to join us So when we return on the All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. U-B-E-N. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, we're back here, Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. And we're, uh, you know, it's a busy day around town because of all the things that are changing uh, really on a daily basis. And we have to uh, bring in the experts, the people who know what they're talking about, to talk about it with us. And uh, our next guest is Dr. Nancy Nielsen, Senior Associate Dean for Health Policy at the Jacobs School of Medicine and someone who's uh, really helped us understand a lot of things over the last year. Uh, Dr. Nielsen, thanks so much for being with us. Good morning. Uh, you know, we wanted to uh, kind of focus this on the changes in mask requirements and some of the concerns people have brought up, you know, for most businesses and most places you go, this is going to kind of be on like the honor system, right? Uh, the guideline is if you're fully vaccinated, you can take off your mask. If you have not been fully vaccinated, you're supposed to keep that mask on. And, you know, of course, it takes two minutes for this to be announced before there's a lot of people commenting, well, you know, how do I know? Uh, just everybody's going to take their mask off now. And uh, if you're unvaccinated, you're not going to wear a mask. And then I'm going to be sitting next to you. And, uh, you know, this, this, this and that um, all kind of come to the forefront. And my thinking was always, well, I I have uh, been vaccinated. And so, it you know, it doesn't really matter to me, right? Because I, I'm protected from the vaccine of whatever might be near me, whether I'm grocery shopping or sitting down at a restaurant. And I want to know what you think on that level of concern. I mean, is there any concern in your mind that a vaccinated person should have about people being unmasked near them? 
a person who's vaccinated is golden. And, and just as you say, you're really not at risk, even if somebody is not vaccinated and not wearing a mask. They shouldn't do that. It is the honor system. We're not going to police this. No merchant is going to do that. But there are a few people who are fully vaccinated who still need to wear a mask. And those are the people who are immunocompromised. For example, somebody who's had a, uh, an organ transplant, for example, somebody who might be on chemotherapy, somebody who, who's on high-dose steroids for a serious illness. Those people, even though fully vaccinated, should wear a mask. And the reason is that people who are immunocompromised don't make the same level of antibodies after vaccination as, uh, as people without those conditions. But other than that, the fully vaccinated person is, is good to go. The people who are at risk are the non-vaccinated. And remember who they are. They're kids under 12. And, and while it's normally a mild disease in kids, there are kids who've been seriously ill, hospitalized, and some kids have died. So we don't really want to take this lightly. But I agree with you, if I'm going out and I'm fully vaccinated and not wearing a mask, I'm hoping that the unvaccinated wear a mask. But if they don't, it's on them. They're the ones playing Russian roulette, not me. You know, you brought up kids and to that point, it's something I, you know, certainly a year ago, I was, uh, you know, my my anxiety was probably uh, higher than it's ever been because I have a young uh, son at home. He's just over a year old now. And there was so much unknown. And now a year in, we kind of know um, more concretely what we suspected maybe a year ago, that for younger kids, this is not generally, you know, a very severe illness. And that's, you know, one of the only, maybe the only positive from this whole pandemic. And there is still, that's the other question that people have of, you know, well, I have somebody who's under 12 years old or uh, she's, um, you know, just a kid and can't get the vaccine. You know, how do I know that they're safe? And, you know, my thinking is of looking at the data we have available and everything that's happened over the last year that, I mean, in many cases, I kind of view the trip to the restaurant or the supermarket in your car as almost having the same level of risk as somebody, one, contracting, and then two, having a, a very severe outcome from COVID. Am I looking at that the wrong way? Uh, am I being, you know, uh, a little undercautious? Or how do you view people in that situation? Well, I, I guess I'm not quite sure what your what your the question that you're i i do does having a a young person in your household who is not eligible for the vaccine yet but otherwise completely healthy does that um require a or should people in that situation have a level of anxiety over this that seems to be present uh, amongst people who are commenting on stories and voicing their opinion i see Well, first of all, if the child is old enough to wear a mask, the child ought to wear a mask. And then and then that kid will be safe. Now, a one year old, uh, you're not going to put a mask on a one year old successfully. But the, the risk is low to them. But this is on those who are vaccine eligible. It's on us 
to protect the vulnerable, like your kid. If we are enough of us get vaccinated, then that reduces the number of vulnerables and stops this virus in its tracks. That's what we need to get to. And that's why we hopefully are going to be responsible as as some of the political uh, rhetoric around this vaccine and this disease dies down and people look at it as, wow, this is a triumph of science. We can really be protected. And not only can we be protected, we're going to protect those who who can't yet get the vaccine. So the follow up on that, should parents, when they go out, wear masks, even if they're vaccinated, just on in case they have a breakthrough case or with the vaccine, it's unlikely they'll pass the virus to an unvaccinated child? I don't think it's necessary. And the CDC is saying it's not necessary to wear a mask outdoors uh, when you go out if you're fully vaccinated. The risk of of breakthrough cases is very, very low. Uh, The analysis of that, I happen to have looked that up, by the way. It turns out that about 95 million people have been vaccinated so far. And there have been 9,200 reported cases of breakthrough infection. That's a 0.01%. So it's not a big risk at all. Um, What do we know about people who have had COVID in the past? Because, you know, in previous conversations, before the vaccine was available, that was kind of, uh, you know, factored into this idea of herd immunity and reaching the point where we don't have to worry about the virus spreading as much. And still over a year later, I mean, it is very rare the instances of the millions of people who have been infected across the world it is still pretty rare to hear of somebody be infected again um i I know you know certainly anecdotally people would say the same thing but it is tough to find articles where somebody has been infected a couple of times and, and that happening on a wide scale basis does that tell us that the immunity you get from having covid in the past is good and lasting well, it is good. It is good. It, how long-lasting remains to be seen. We won't know because nobody knew about this virus till what, December uh, a year ago. So, so we have to wait and see how long it lasts. We also know that somebody who has had the infection does make protective antibodies. If that person is immunized, it boosts their antibodies by about 10 times. So it's, it's important that people who've been infected, and in the United States, there are about 33 million people who have had confirmed cases. Uh, what we don't know is uh, how long any of the immunity lasts, whether it's from vaccination or from the natural disease. Dr. Nielsen, we had a doctor on yesterday, and I just want to know your opinion on this. He said that if you're vaccinated, uh, we should stop testing those who have been vaccinated because of the A, the rarity of the breakthrough cases, and B, the fact that they are minimal side effects and very unlikely to pass on. Do you agree with that statement? In general, yes, but, but there's a caveat. And the caveat that I would raise is the case of the New York Yankees. 
how is it that fully vaccinated people, nine of them tested positive? I think we really need to know more about that case. But in general, I think that's true. I think it's a waste of money to continue to test people once they've recovered. We talked about the, uh, you mentioned how politicized not only the virus, but the vaccine and just about everything that we've uh, talked about over the last year has become. And I, I think on this show, we've kind of constantly pointed to who is doing the messaging on vaccines. I mean, it's true you have, you know, doctors like yourself, uh, doctors like Dr. Russo, who we have on constantly. You know, it's one thing to hear from them, but we are, you know, seemingly kind of being beat over the head again and again by politicians in various offices talking about the vaccine. You know, politicians, it doesn't matter what party you're representing, you start off with about half the people probably not liking you that much to begin with. And then to hear it again and again, I just am not surprised when the message is coming from, say, the governor or somebody else. And then all of a sudden we have people who are hesitant to take the vaccine. Uh, do you think that needs to change? And, you know, maybe by whether it's involving primary care doctors or, or somebody else, there can be a better way of getting that message across? Absolutely. I, I think there's no question that there's a role for regulations. And we've seen that in New York. We've seen the worst of the worst of this pandemic stemmed by by some vigorous action that has been taken uh, by our governor and our legislature. And while you can criticize, and rightly so, some of the actions that were taken, there is a role for government to play in a pandemic. But the reality is when you get to people who are reluctant or hesitant or just downright opposed, the people who are going to convince them are people that they trust, not somebody that they are bitterly opposed to uh, out of the gate. So that's why primary care physicians and, um, you know, members of the faith community, pastors, priests, uh, rabbis, imams, uh, these are important influencers of people. I have to say, when I see, you know, the stars, you know, the Hollywood folks making the uh, the ads. It, it's entertaining. I don't know how many, even kids, it convinces to, to get the vaccine. I, is another part of that, and you know, this is me, you point the finger and you got three pointed back at yourself, right? Um, is another part of it just the fact at all that we're talking about influencing people? I, I mean, that, you know, even myself, I'll listen to that and it makes me uneasy right off the gate that, you know, here, we're talking out in the open about this effort to convince people to do something that they may or may not want to do. I mean, just that probably has some people thinking, well, what's going on here? You know, I need convincing of what? If it's so great, why do you have to try so hard to convince me? Well, that's on you. I mean, if you're the one, if, if you're the one who's reluctant, it's on you because your health and those you love, the, the health of those you love is at risk. But you in particular— so if you refuse to get the vaccine, that, that is your right. But you're the one playing Russian roulette. And so this is not about my telling you something you need to do because I'm right and you're wrong. The issue is here is a triumph of science, unbelievable, that can protect you from a deadly disease. Let's just put it in perspective. Almost 53,000 
1,000 New Yorkers have died of this disease. Erie County alone, 1,800 people have died. Two died yesterday in Erie County. So, I, I mean, this is not about I'm right and you're wrong. Dr. Nielsen, let me ask, because we're having this issue now with the hesitancy as we're talking about, is this going to be a problem a year from now or whenever we need to get that booster shot of the vaccine? Are we going to again be talking about the hesitant people and putting us at risk of being back to where we are calling this a pandemic two or three years down the road? I hope not. I I really hope not. I I hope that that people will think long and hard. And, and, and it may not be because they're persuaded by the science or by an influencer. It may be they want to go to a Bills game or they want to go to one of the arts venues that the governor talked about in his press conference yesterday. There are all kinds of places that are going to require proof of vaccination. And so it, it, it's either a push or a pull an incentive or a mandate, whatever it is, I I truly hope that we will not be dealing with this as a pandemic. I think we will not, actually, as more and more people are vaccinated. We're already seeing the impact. Look at nursing homes. You know, what a tragedy that was in nursing homes. You don't hear that anymore because they're vaccinated. Uh, Before we let you go, you brought up uh, the idea of a Bills game, and I'm wondering why we're a little reluctant to use what's been going on in other parts of the country as somewhat of a case study. Um, We've had packed stadiums uh, down south and now going into other areas. Uh, Last uh, night it was a hockey game in Carolina. Before that, a football stadium in uh, Texas a couple of weeks ago, and that's been going on for over a couple of months now, and we haven't seen, you know, that a uh, huge spike in cases that everyone fears from this uh, type of event. Uh, cases throughout uh, the entire country in all 50 states have gone down, uh, no matter kind of the level of restrictions here. Uh, why are we still kind of talking about an event in September like the Bills game as uh, needing this when there are these kind of case studies going on right now that might prove otherwise? Because to me, that's another one of this uh, these things that are we're taking the attention away from what the numbers and what our uh, recent history would tell us. And we're putting the attention instead on, you know, this political back and forth, who gets to make the rules. Well, I think we have to be careful about assuming that because something happened or didn't happen, that it was caused by that. For example, the, the decrease in the numbers is probably because there are quite a few people who've been vaccinated so far. It's estimated that half the country has had at least one shot and a third is fully vaccinated. So there's a smaller pool of vulnerables. But remember, the weather has gotten considerably better. People are outdoors more. Uh, We know that this virus doesn't do well in transmitting during the uh, in the outdoors and also when people are are together but out in the open so i wouldn't i wouldn't be too casual about this and remember when the weather starts getting cooler people are going to be indoors more kids are going to be back in school full time for sure and uh, one thing we didn't talk about kids still need to wear masks if you remember, that's one of the uh, one of the provisions that has not yet changed in New York. 
Dr. Nielsen, thanks so much for the time. Uh, I really appreciate your insight and spending the time with us this morning. That's Dr. Nancy Nielsen, Senior Associate Dean for Health Policy at the Jacobs School of Medicine. And hey, info-packed show today. A very info-packed show. If you missed any of it, make sure you go on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. It'll be there. We're back tomorrow. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.